0: Welcome to our ongoing series sponsored by Catholic Church Reform International. I'm your moderator, Rini Reed, and our guest today is Alan de Naronja, commonly known as Shodabai. Alan is a prolific writer, the convener of the Indian Catholic Forum, and former president of both Kanpur Catholic Association and the All India Catholic Union. The latter by the way, as an organization preparing to celebrate its 100th anniversary. Welcome. And let me begin by asking you, what does Chotibay mean?
1: Yeah, well, uh, Chotibay in our local language means little brother or younger brother. And in the Franciscan context, it means prior minor, which is what St. Franco Assisi called his followers. That's the
0: literal explanation. Shodhba, you've been involved in working to reform the Catholic Church for well over 40 years. Yes. I have to ask you as a fellow reformer, what yes. keeps you going? There are so many obstacles, so little sign of the hierarchy working with us. What keeps you motivated to keep on keeping on after all these years? Well,
1: one is uh, faith in the Lord. I mean, without faith, one can't move forward an inch. And faith uh, and hope, I think, go together. So we never give up. As the poet has said, hope springs eternal in the human breast. So uh, I think one of the, uh, the things that uh, the forces of evil, whatever you want to define it, would try to do is put you uh, into depression and say, oh, give up, give up in the temptation of genius will give up, let it go, we can't let it go, we keep going, we will keep going, whether we win or lose, and it's not winning or losing, there are many things in life, you sow the seed, where it goes, where it gets scattered in the wind, we don't know, I meet people sometimes after 40 years, and they say, oh you know, this is the impact that you had on my life, so wonderful, somebody who says, I read what you wrote somewhere, thank you, it means that somewhere that those seeds are being sown.
0: You know, you and I have been at this long enough that we both go all the way back to the second Vatican Council. Yes, we'll yes. about that for a minute because it was only the second council of its kind and mm. at the time it was designed to, as they call it, open up the windows and let some yes, fresh air in the yes, church. Yes. So, I know this is one of your special interests, particularly with emphasis on the role of laity as Vatican II envisioned it. So, let's talk about some of the primary outcomes that came of that council. The ones that have taken hold and are still alive and impacting us today, and the ones that have slipped through the cracks.
1: You know, just this morning, I was talking with my wife and my adult son, and and I I was saying to my wife, you and I have seen the pre-Vatican church, so we can sense the difference. Our younger generation today have taken the church as it is for granted, because they've never seen what it was earlier. So, uh, they don't know how much change has already taken place. And I would identify some of the major changes which are I call it in the self-understanding of the church. There are things like collegiality, which is no longer the, the pope is everything. The second thing is fraternity, especially in the relationship between between clergy and laity. It's very strong in Lumen Gentium. Then it is an inserted church. It's no longer the aloof monastic church, as Gaudium et Spes says. The joys and sorrows of the world, that's part of us. Then it's a dialoguing church, it's no longer a monologuing church. It's not a up-to-down, it's a two-way traffic. It's an incultured church, which acknowledges uh, local cultures. In fact, if you see Lumen gensium, it doesn't anyway say Roman Catholic Church. there's a Catholic Church. The Catholic means universal, which most of us are aware of. So this... In culture, in the for many years, for centuries, we mistook culture for faith. So we mistook the Latin or Roman or European culture for Christianity, which is not the same. Then, if you see Lumen Gentium, it refers to the Church as a pilgrim. So it is not a faith accomplished. It is not arrived. It is still a pilgrim it is on its way it calls itself the initial budding forth so it's a work in progress it's not like i have heard certain fundamental christians say are you saved man oh you're <laughs> saved fine okay let's move to the next guy you know the work is it's over you're saved yeah no we are not it's a work in progress so this these are some beautiful things which emerge then it's inclusive, you know, you see, I, I always say Lumen Gentium is the basis, it's the rock on which, on which Vatican Council is built, it recognizes sister churches, we, are in the, we are, have a connection through the Holy Spirit, so it's not condemning other Christians, then look what it talks about those who don't know God, have not yet come to an explicit knowledge of God, even they can be saved. I mean this is a very magnanimous a huge open hearted approach to the world and then the participatory things which come through which are incorporated in the new code of canon law I think 1993 for the Latin church if I recall or was it 1990 anyway but the provisions are there whether or not they implemented is another point it's like the law of the land it's a constitution, whereas your American constitution, my Indian constitution, is provided for. If you and I somehow don't live up to it or we allow it to go, then we are part of the problem also. As Shiv Kera says, if you're not a part of the solution, then you're part of the problem. <laughs> so you
0: know, I see this. I can, very remember, I can yes. remember pouring my heart and soul into working in Catholic parishes back you in know, the late 60s and through yes. the 70s but by the yes. 80s things yes. started slipping backwards yes, we were yes. I
1: agree with you on
0: stronghold that we gained yes. what what are the things we lost that upset you the most what well, slipped uh,
1: out I, yeah, we, we have certainly gone back to a kind of uh, pious notion the pre-vatican concept of a a pious kind of a church where you have pilgrimages, you have novenas, and uh, you keep people sort of happy, satiated by fulfilling these kind of religious duties. So that, it's good. It's not, It's not. we don't negate it. We don't say it's bad. But you don't make it an opiate, which it seems to have become all over again. And I would say this, this happened from the second half of john paul ii's mm-hmm. statement suddenly started uh, canonizing a dime a dozen so we are going back <laughs> we are going back to that old style of this saint that saint this niche then niche then we are, uh, i think you're getting the point that i I'm, I'm making
0: i am You've written so many articles and one of them, you describe the, the 4M factor. Man, yes. movement, machine yes. and monument. Yes. Yes. And you describe it as kind of a, a progression of evolution yes. of yes. many organizations. Yes. With the church, for example, it began with a man and yes. then yes. a yes. Yes. person yes. with a vision. And yes. then that vision inspired followers and that became a movement. Yes, yes. So the man movement part of what you describe are all good, Yeah. but what happens when it goes into Machine and Monument Yes, Machine (laughs) and Monument, what happens then?
1: Uh, Okay, Uh, before I, I come to this question, there's one thing which I think I left out in the previous question, what has changed? I would say one of the things that has changed, that we can breathe freely, that we can speak freely, that we can express ourselves, that we can write without being excommunicated and put on a banned list. I that's something valuable. Freedom of expression is something which we should value. Even if I'm not heard, by at least I'm able to speak and I'm not condemned because I'm speaking out. I think that's something valuable. Now, coming back to your uh, the present question on the poem, which is something very beautiful. I learned it from uh, a lady who was in the Salvation Army. I heard her say it first about 40 years ago and it remained etched in my memory. I will draw from two great mystics of the church, St. Frida of Avila and St. Francis of Assisi. They always said, go back to the source. And the Vatican Council again is one of the saints, go back to the source. The council is not quoting other councils. The council is going back to scripture, going back to the man. And that man is jesus see the problem the problem with most of us even reformers christians everybody we see jesus as a god up there rather than a man down here and this is where we are not able to connect interestingly in the new testament jesus called himself son of man 82 times. 82 times he referred to himself as son of man in his native Arabic language. And you know who's the one who kept on saying son of God, son of God, son of God? You know the answer. It's Satan who kept on (laughs) saying, you're the son of God, you're the son of God, say that you're son of God, prove that you're son of God. He wanted to derail his entire mission. Prove that you're son of God. Jump down from the temple. You're the son of God. Get down from the cross. No, This was the first temptation. This is the last temptation. You are the son of God. And he didn't say, when, uh, when uh, Pontius By, are you the king? He said, you are saying it. He didn't say it. We he had to say, I'm king. If he'd say, I am God, then it would have been, uh, nobody can accept that. You can't accept it. So he doesn't say, "I am God." But you will discover who I am. It's a process of slowly when we start following in the footsteps of the man Jesus, and slowly and steadily we discover he's not a great savior of sinners and all that. Fine, but he's a perfect human being. His approach to various scenarios, his approach in different situations from paying taxes, from secularism give to Caesar what is Caesar's, give to God what is God's he established secularism which the whole world is talking about today but that one statement of his give to God what is God, give to Caesar what is Caesar's statements like, Father forgive them they know not what they do these words echo across the centuries Go and sin no more. I do not condemn you, says to the adulterous woman. I mean, these are such powerful statements which come across. What goes into the mouth into the mouth of a man is not what uh, is, uh, dirties him, defiles him. What comes out from the mouth of a man that defiles him is breaking traditions. He cared to hoots for tradition. There's, as uh, 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 John the Baptist says, you, you call yourself Sansa Abraham, you can raise Sansa Abraham from these stones. Yes. So he is breaking, breaking, breaking all the preconceived ideas and yet he is humble enough to say, I have not come to break, change the law, it is fulfilled. Fulfilled, it has served its purpose. Now start again, a new chapter, a new way, a new uh, way forward. So it's I find Jesus as a beautiful person. That's what that's what draws me to him. And I will uh, put it in a few words, a few uh, just one sentence. Most people adulate Jesus. They don't emulate Jesus. The difference between adulation and emulation. I adulate the Son of God. I emulate
0: the son of man. The oh what a beautiful distinction you've made. Yeah uh, it's I mean the, these are very simple things really. It's not
1: it's not philosophy and theology. It's just that something you feel in your heart.
0: So you described the the man yes. and the movement. Yes. When does the church become guilty of moving into machine, monument.
1: (laughs) It's it's there, it's basically in a mechanical uh, mode, going through the motions. It's going through the motions. So, we know that. uh, You can't... uh, uh, It's a process, it will keep going, whether it was a charismatic renewal, whether it was liberation theology, these were movements after the Vatican Council, try to go back to the man to the person and that i think uh, these are two things one is spiritual one is social but i think these are two very big gifts to us from the council go back to the person to their needs the joys and hopes the of it spells how does it start the church in the modern world the joys and hopes of people are, are ours
0: yeah and that's what so many of us are trying to do today is so to go people, back. It's, to, it's a process.
1: Like it's a process. Well, I keep telling people. I I say, for example, they say, no. Oh, scripture says this. Scripture says this. I say, okay. Scripture says, uh, slaves obey your masters. Now, what are you going to do? Are you going to follow Scripture that says, slaves obey your masters? The Vatican South Council says, I, we recognize the right of tra- trade unions. Recognize the right of trade unions to go on strike. Uh, it's it's a total change in approach. And then this is just a couple of instances I'm giving you off the cuff.
0: One of the movements that you were yeah. involved in instigating was creating a empower oh, the was, uh,
1: Initiating, not instigating. It was not me. It was the. It was my predecessor, it's the, uh, in, uh, George Menezes. But the idea was to focus on the lady. And you see what happens when you have a lady Sunday and it is organized by the. Clergy is bound to failure. So I don't. I didn't expect anything of it. I didn't push for that. It was not my idea, and it flopped terribly. So okay, that's uh, that doesn't mean anything. Doesn't make a difference to me at all.
0: But you chose to have this celebration on the feast of, of Thomas More, who, of course, is one of the more yes, honored laymen.
1: Thomas la- More. That's what yes, yes. Yes.
0: But when you speak of empower the laity, uh, as I
1: said, it, it, it uh, Work because it was in the hands of the clergy.
0: what are the powers that you want to see them come forth with? What do you want the laity to be able to do that they're not doing yet today?
1: Well, uh, what the laity is not doing is I say, okay, we can blame the clergy, we can blame the bishops, fine. But for that finger which we are pointing at them, we've got three fingers pointing at us. Why, what effort have we made to learn or study anything? Since we are on video, rainy I'm showing you the copy of my Vatican Council documents. You can see the pages, they're yellow. I bought this when I was 18 years old. When I was 18 years old, I bought a copy of the Vatican Council documents. I mean, how many 18 years old today would even think? getting a book like that so uh, I say ignorance is our biggest failure we are totally ignorant of our faith and that is why St. Peter says be of faith at knowledge be of faith at knowledge and when the founder of uh, Indian Constitution Dr. Ambedkar he said education is a power now one is the secular education but here's this education which we are referring to it what we could call adult catechesis the reality is after the sacrament of confirmation there is no ongoing faith formation i don't know about other parts of the country but as far as i i can sense it that after confirmation the next sacrament that is lined up is matrimony. So, after another 20 odd years, you'll have a three-day uh, 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 prenuptial marriage preparation course, and that's it. You, you have done your duty by the, uh, uh, the letter of the law, not the spirit of it. And what I would appeal to you today, Rhenius, never mind what the priests and uh, bishops, etc. are doing ask yourself what are you doing? what can you do see in management we are told two things an area of control and an area of concern my area of concern i'm concerned about nuclear bombardment and the war in afghanistan and everything what is my area of control what is within my abilities to do and the beautiful thing is The more you expand your area of control, you gradually reduce your areas of concern. So, what do I have in my control? What I have in my control is first of all, nobody can stop me from reading, from listening, from studying, from playing respectfully, uh, reverentially, and picking up things. See, I have not been, I'm a college dropout. And <laughs> amazing. And, yeah. Yeah, I am a dropper. And I purposely say it. I purposely say it because people think, oh people have sometimes go, oh Doctor Choteva. I said, no, I'm not a doctor. I go to the doctor when I'm sick. And sometimes they call me father, I said, yes, I'm a father of two children, but I'm not your father. So don't call me father. <laughs> See, the thing is really, the thing really is the blame game will always be. And we can keep on blaming people and blaming everybody else. I can blame my own Prime Minister, I can blame uh, President Trump. The question is, what can I do? Let me start somewhere, even if it is small, inconsequential. And here is what I see of people coming together. Whether you are meeting me today, I am talking to you, you are sharing with me. They are coming together. I am adding to what you are believing are adding to what I am. So this is a, the thing is we want instant results. I sow the seed today and tomorrow I dig up the earth where the, the plant. It doesn't happen like that. It takes time. And if we study the, the even the papacy or the history of the church, we are thousand times better today than what we were 50 years ago, 100 years ago.
0: Let's talk about some specific areas of what can we do. Let's suppose that a person is in a diocese and the bishop is getting ready to retire. He's of age. Making recommendations, having an involvement in who that next bishop is going to be is something that we can do. We don't have to sit back. And wait I for have the done hand.
1: it. I have done it every time. I have, not done it only, it. I have not done it only for the bishop. I have done it even for the last two elections of the Pope. Again, nobody is stopping you. Send your suggestions. I make a panel of six names. And I send it to the nuncio. And I'm happy to say at least two of the people whom I propose are bishops today. So I'm happy about it. I achieve something when uh, when uh, the last two papal elections, I wrote to my Indian cardinals. I said, "Look, do e- elect anybody, but don't elect the Panzer cardinal." Unfortunately, it went the other way. But then, uh, even the next time, I I suggested maybe somebody from the third world or from Africa or something like that, and then you get a guy like Francis, who's a Jesuit and takes the name of Francis. I like the Jesuits, I like the Franciscans, and I think that's the perfect combination. Yeah, there's nothing to stop us from doing this. And let alone appointing of bishops, also getting rid of bishops. I've done that also.
0: You've mentioned the I've nuncio. Got,
1: yes, I've got right I've got rid of bishops also. We have every
0: country has a nuncio. Yes, so sure. perhaps it's helpful to our audience to know that if your bishop is retiring, or yes. you are fed with your bishop and do not want to see him yes. continue, then you yes. have people that you can gather together, yes. call a meeting, go yes. to the and tell yes. them what's wrong, why yes. you feel the way you feel. Yes. Make recommendations. Now, today's media
1: communication. You have emails. You don't have to go anywhere. Just get his email ID and just send it off. Send off your email. But the thing is uh, here i'll say something really that a lot of us are reactionary we react we are not proactive and uh, when we are see the guy on the other side can't see my face he doesn't know who i am why am i saying this so when we communicate such things we should try to be as objective as possible and if possible Whatever provisions are there in canon law. I always like to throw the book at them. I enjoy throwing the book. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but let's take the person who's given up on the church, and we know there are millions yes. and millions yes. of people yes. who have lost yes. interest or faith yes. or hope yes. in the church. Yes. But how can we motivate that person to find some new creative way other than the inst- involvement in the institutional church? How can they live? proactively as Christians today?
1: Well, the first thing I would say is don't condemn them. Don't condemn them. Or as in the words of Pope Francis, who am I to judge? No, this itself, and it's the same case with uh, the, the woman who was caught in adultery. No, he did, he was not judgmental. He was compassionate, he was empathetic uh, I don't condemn you So you know what happens uh, the first thing probably you say why aren't you coming to church or probably the next step you say you go to hell if you don't come to church so now I think even this judgmental approach has substantially or at least to some degree has reduced. Uh, if you look at uh, 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 the pre-Vatican Council times, what was the teaching? You go, don't go to church on Sunday, you're going straight to heaven. You don't hear anybody saying that today. I, I've never heard anybody saying that. Today. Or even a thing like in sexual morality.
0: Let's take this Sunday, the weekly Sunday Mass-goer. And in fact, like, in fact, in fact, just a second, just a second. It, people have not
1: seen the Catechism of the Church and what it talks about these things. It is very understanding, very understanding on this issue. But people have not read it, they're not aware of it. So uh, they don't know where to go. And say the best thing, leave it, forget it. So it's the duty of you and me, people like us, to talk about these things, to write about these things, to enlighten people.
0: In mentioning the Sunday Mass attendee, there are so many who are just in the routine, in the ritual of going to Sunday Mass, but some are looking for something more. It's, they're looking for something intimate, more personal, where they can really share of themselves more. How can we inspire that person to find some other way, or some additional way to live their faith and be a presence of Christ in the world today?
1: I think that is what actually emerged with the charismatic reviewer which was a more personalized form of collective prayer. I'm not saying specifically charisms or praying in tongues or something like that, but what in the in the Protestant tradition you call cottage prayer meeting. You know, people coming together. And and who has stopped us? Who has taught me if I want to You say five people, come on let's sit together and pray. let's read something from the scripture. Let's share on something. Who is stopping me? Who is going to stop me? How dare anybody stop me? (laughs) We are waiting for somebody else to take the first step always.
0: (laughs) It is so much a, a matter of just empowering ourselves, isn't it? It just really comes down to being proactive. And motivated ah. to do something more. Now, uh, I don't
1: know if you're. Uh, uh, okay, it be, anyway, we'll come to it, there's another point. I think if you're going to raise, I'll take it up later when it comes. Yeah, let's proceed with what it's the point. But, uh,
0: I recently interviewed Father Joe Healy on small faith communities or small Christian yes, communities yes, that yes, are exploding yes. around the world. Yes. How prevalent are they in India?
1: Yes now i tried my best to access that and somehow i couldn't access it on my computer for whatever reason but uh, this whole thing of small christian communities uh, well it's when there are far-flung and huge parishes surely there has to be a small nucleus or nuclei of groups like this in different places the thing here is that i sense that again, it is an extension of the parish way of doing It is a mini-parish, where you say the rosary, where you have a novena, where you have a mass in somebody's house in that area. It's better than not having it, surely. And people who uh, perhaps may not be able to go far away to a church, they may not have the money, they may not have the time, If the church comes to them in the area where they are, it's good. But it's not the only thing I would say.
0: We have only begun to touch on some of the subjects I'd like to touch with you. We've come to the end of today's program, and I'm wondering if you'd be available to join me again so we can continue this conversation.
1: Surely. Surely.
0: We've had... On our show today, Alan De Neronha, Shodabai, all the way from India. We will continue this as a follow-up interview. Hope you all will join us. Thanks for being with us today, and we'll be back soon.
1: Thank you. Good night. God bless.